Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun! I have published a new book. It's called The View from the Deck, Thoughts on Values, Vision, and Gratitude. If you like morning motivation, you're going to love this book. You can find it on Kindle and in paperback form on Amazon, and the audiobook is coming soon. So check out The View from the Deck, Thoughts on Values, Vision, and Gratitude on Amazon now. What do you want to be when you grow up? This is a great thought experiment question. It's a great question to ask kids, get them thinking about adulthood. But then we take that question too far. There was a time, apparently, when you would choose a career path, and that would be the career that you would follow for your entire working life. In fact, often, you'd work for the same company for your entire working life, retiring with a gold watch and a pension. That time apparently lasted for approximately four and a half minutes in the mid-20th century. I exaggerate, it was a couple of decades, but it was a very short period. In fact, the time when that was very common was shorter than the 40-year, 35-year average career duration that most people have, which is interesting to think about it, because in the 30s and 40s, it was just starting to come in. The 50s, it was common. 60s, it was common. And by the 80s, it was pretty much going out. So unless you got that job coming home from World War II in the late 40s and 50s, you probably missed the boat on that. So the people who did get their jobs coming home from the war, the greatest generation, the silent generation, whatever you want to call them, the pre-boomers, they got those jobs. They said, these jobs are great and stable. They told their kids to go out and get a college degree, get a good job. Those kids got a good job and got laid off in the 90s and said, WTF, buddy. And then millennials got laid off, you know, a month after they got their jobs. So the world changed. Now, there's a time before that when you got your job from your father and your father was a blacksmith, so you're a blacksmith, so your kids are blacksmiths because the alternative was being a peasant as a you know, poor dirt farmer scraping a living out of the ground as the nobles took the surplus that you grew and lived high on the hog on it. So whatever career path you could get was better than that, and so you were happy to have it. That was medieval time, Middle Ages, and that continued on to surprisingly close to the present. But we live in a different world from any of those things, and in our world, things are highly dynamic. The rate of change is continuously increasing, and we are constantly seeing new things. AI, the internet, uh, travel technology, communication technology, everything constantly changing, while some things remain stubbornly the same, like human nature and human interests and human desires. But the way we live our lives is very, very different. If you commit yourself to the same career for your entire life, then you are potentially right, but more likely a fool. You see, most people's career path is not a straight line from school to internship to entry level and straight up the corporate ladder. Most people's career path is a wandering meander through the woods. You maybe have a job, you learn something, and then you get an opportunity, and that leads you to something else, and then you try something else, and it doesn't work, so you go over and do this other thing. For me, my first job out of college was owning a game store, an unprofitable business. Put me uh, quite a bit, a few tens of thousands of dollars in debt, ruined my credit, and I wouldn't trade it for the world because it was a great experience. And I learned a lot. The things I learned from it inform a lot of the things that I teach now and things I do now. I've had a number of different jobs, and some people have said, you're hopping jobs. And I said, no, I just leave jobs when they're not good and they don't serve me. 
I've always said I think of myself as an entrepreneur and my employer is simply my primary client or exclusive client at the time. And of course, now I'm an entrepreneur and I don't have a primary or exclusive client. I've got various clients because as an entrepreneur, I follow the paths and opportunities as they present themselves. There's a phase in entrepreneurship for some people where you are wandering from here to there, trying different things out, haven't quite landed. And that's where a lot of entrepreneurs are. There's a shame in that. We don't like to talk about that because you're supposed to be the, the very clear focused entrepreneur. One message, one offer to one audience uh, solving one problem. That's what they say. That's good marketing. But it's not good life planning. It's not good entrepreneurship. It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to pivot. Now, you do want to find the right path and focus on it because until you focus, you will not achieve that great success. Nobody became a multimillionaire wandering from topic to topic to topic, but some people have become very happy doing that. And you don't necessarily need to become a multimillionaire. If you sit down and calculate how much you need for your dream life, in fact, I encourage you to try this. Either pause the recording or when I'm done, try this exercise. Write down your dream life, everything you want. How, where do you want to live? How often do you want to travel? What do you want to do? What do you want to own? What cars do you want to have? Like, go nuts. And then write down what that's going to cost you. And you will probably discover that you can't get to a million dollars a year of stuff you want in your dream life. Uh, when I sat down and did it, I only came up to about 300000 maybe three fifty. Don't forget taxes. So take whatever that number is and you've got to add about a third. Uh, but you know, with taxes, it was like 300, 350. Uh, some people who are have more grand ambitions can get up to six hundred, seven hundred thousand, but almost no one gets to a million dollars a year because they just can't find enough stuff to spend money on. After a certain point of expense, you're getting to prestige. You're spending more money because it's more expensive. That makes you look cool. And when you're planning your dream life, you're usually not worried about looking cool. You're worried about you know really enjoying the spending of this. So you don't need millions. And in fact, you probably, if you were to write down what's a life I could be happy with if I was doing something I really loved, you know, if you're a musician, you love music, what could you get by with? When I owned a game store, I was made very, very little money, but I was happy because I spent all my time in a game store surrounded by cool geeks. So what would I spend money for? I didn't need to travel. Where would I travel to? I had a game store right there with the exact people I wanted to be hanging out with. And occasionally that business took me to conventions, which is the only place I really want to travel to anyway. So I didn't need money. I had what the, something better than money could buy, which was a community. So you may discover that you could live on forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year if you were doing what you wanted to be doing every day and living that dream life. So this gets us back to what should you be doing with your life? What should you be doing when you grow up? Well, first off, it is never too late to grow up again. It's never too late to say, I'm going to change this. I know people at 65, 70, 75 starting businesses. As long as you are still functional, it's not too late. So when people are like, oh, I'm 43, I'm too late. it's too late to do this. 43, you got 40 more years left. If you're in your 40s, the reason they call that middle age is because you have many, as many years in front of you as behind you, except if you keep yourself healthy and take care of yourself, 
Unlike the first 20, when you were a student and a kid and didn't know what you were doing and people were taking care of you, your last 20, you could actually still be doing some pretty highly productive things. And this is not about luck. This is about taking care of yourself. This is why I promote people like Deepak Saini, who teaches people how to be healthier and to get more value out of those later years. But the point is, the point is that you don't need to commit to one path for for 30 years, or even three years, or even three months. You should commit to finding your path and finding your calling. But if you need to try and abandon 20 different things before you find that calling, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's the right answer. I talk to people every day who spent 10, 20, 30 years in a career that did not fulfill them, only to discover that all they got was older. They didn't have an effective wealth building strategy, so they don't have wealth accumulated. They weren't developing new skills because they were doing the same thing over and over again. They weren't expanding their network because they were doing the same thing over and over again. And all they did was enrich shareholders and create shareholder value of which they weren't a beneficiary or they weren't a major beneficiary. And they never moved themselves forward. And they get to a point where they say, I'm 35, I'm 40, I'm 50. They have a heart attack. They have a friend die. Some moment in their life makes them realize, holy crap, what have I been doing with my life? Because they were told when they graduated high school, what do you want to do when you grow up? You need to make a decision and choose your path now and follow it. And that is the worst advice that anyone can give. Your first step when you're 18, going to college or doing whatever you do, is simply the first step. You're going to do what you do, and then you're going to do something else. And then you're going to do something else after that. It is good to have a general idea, horizon view, where you want to end up in 30, 40 years. But that may simply be, I want to be financially free. I want to be able to give a million dollars to charity. I want to be able to spend time with my family and take as many vacations as I want. Something like that. That can be very broad because that leaves it open to interpretation to find what you actually want to do. So as you're working, you're putting some money away. You're being careful what expenses you accumulate. I wish someone had told me this when I was 18 because I accumulated a lot of debt when I was younger, which limited my options. But if you avoid debt, if you avoid excessive consumption of things that don't actually help you and don't make your life better, and you focus on building some wealth and building resources, increasing your network, increasing your knowledge, and trying things out, that is the most important thing you can do. Putting years into a company, for the most part, is a dubious investment. Now, I'm not saying you should jump from company to company just for fun. If a company is great, if they're taking good care of you, they're investing in you, you're meeting good people, you're getting good things out of it, you're feeling fulfilled, any of those things, by all means, stay. You don't have to leave for the sake of leaving, but you certainly don't need to stay for the sake of staying. So get this idea that you need to commit for your entire life to one career or one company, get that out of your head, that is outdated, that is a mindset that companies use to take advantage of you and make you do what is good for them and much less good for you. You need to follow your calling and your calling may lead you on a meandering path, wherever it may be. And remember, if you're miserable, it's probably not the right path. 
I'm not saying you should be pursuing pleasure and happiness at all times, but I'm saying you should probably be avoiding misery because that's often a sign that you're doing the wrong thing. You shouldn't just be chasing after fun, but you should be chasing after fulfillment. If it feels wrong, you're probably doing the wrong thing and it's okay to change. Many people will wait until they get the later stage signs. First, it starts to feel wrong. Then you start to feel a little bit overwhelmed. Then you start to feel a bit depressed. Then you start to feel burnt out. Your brain, your mind, your spirit will shut you down progressively until you're no longer able to keep doing it and forced to make a change. But if you listen to the message from the universe, the message from your subconscious, the message from your mind, the message from your heart, whatever you want to call it, if you listen to that over time before it gets really loud and really bad, you will discover that you can uh, preempt some of the greater misery that many people find in their lives because they feel like they don't have choices. You always have choices. You need to simply seek them out. So what do you want to be when you grow up? How about fulfilled? How about happy? How about satisfied? How about impactful? And that may mean that you start out as a doctor, and then you become a therapist, and then you become a coach, and then you become a computer programmer, and then you become a bodybuilder. Who knows? It's okay to try different things. It's okay to do different things. In fact, it's better to try and do different things. And as a final note, I shared with you the example of medieval times. You know, you grew up, your father's a blacksmith, so you're a blacksmith and you're happy to have it. That's not actually true that people did just one thing way back then. In fact, most peasants, I don't mean the ones who were just scraping a living out of the earth, but the ones who were getting ahead a bit, they were all entrepreneurial. Most peasants knitted something, or sewed something, or brewed beer, or made pottery, or did something and sold it at the market with which they got cash, and they would use that cash to do other things. They all had sideline work, because they needed to, but once they got past need, they started to discover, oh, I could do this, and I could do this, and I could do this. Entrepreneurship used to be extremely common among the peasant class, and you find it actually among most peasant classes because if the economy doesn't give them a doesn't give them a standard market way to do these things, then they'll do it on the gray market. They'll do it on the side. You saw a lot of entrepreneurship in Soviet Russia because that was the only way to get what you needed to be able to get by. So this idea that you just do one thing because that one thing is the one thing you're meant to do is malarkey and you rarely see it at any point in history because it's not what we're meant to do. What you are meant to do is give me feedback. Email me, michael at guywhoknowsaguy.com. Let me know what you think about this. Did you agree? Disagree? Thoughts? Something else you want to hear me talk about? Let me know. michael at guywhoknowsaguy.com. Thanks for listening. I have published a new book called The View from the Deck, Thoughts on Values, Vision, and Gratitude. If you like morning motivation, you're going to love this book. It's a lot of the same concepts. The basic principle of the book is that I was coaching clients, and they were telling me about their dream life, and I was recognizing elements of their dream life in my everyday life. And it made me realize there's things in my life that people are dreaming of, and there's things in my life that the me of a few years ago would absolutely have given his right arm for, and chances are you've got the same. 
So I took these concepts about values and what makes us do what we do, vision, where we want to be, and gratitude, appreciating the awesome things we have, and put them together into one awesome book called The View for the Deck, Values, Vision, and and gratitude. You can find it on Amazon.com. Just search for Michael Whitehouse, The View from the Deck, and get your copy today.